Welcome to Outspoken, a podcast for social change where we talk about current events and how they relate to interpersonal violence and abuse. Outspoken is a project of the Hayes Caldwell Women's Center located in San Marcos, Texas. If you or someone you know has experienced abuse and is seeking support, services, or needs more information, links to resources can be found in our episode description. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the views of their organizations or affiliates. Welcome to Outspoken, a podcast for social change. I'm Claudia, and today I'm with one of our child counselors. We wanted to talk about supporting transgender youth and misconceptions about trans people and child abuse. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for today's topic. Me too. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your job as a child counselor at the Child Advocacy Center here? So I work with minors who have been physically and or sexually abused or have uh, witnessed domestic violence. I work primarily with kiddos who have had traumatic experiences I provide trauma-informed therapy, and I also provide psychoeducation to help prevent abuse with this population. Can you elaborate on what trauma-informed therapy is? Mm -hmm. So trauma-informed therapy works on processing the client's current emotions, the emotions that come up because of the trauma, and learn skills to be prepared to process emotions in the future like what to do to prevent being triggered from the trauma or and or ha- how to handle it if that does happen. Essentially, it's like an all-encompassing framework to help kiddos process the past, work through the present, and prepare for the future. That's amazing. Thanks. So psychoeducation, though, is another part of my work. A part of it is teaching youth what grooming can look like, what dating violence, red flags are, and how to set boundaries to prevent further victimization. So much of both you and I's work is about supporting youth. You as a children's counselor and me as a children's educator. Um, In in that same spirit of supporting youth, we were inspired to write and record this episode because of the recent surge in anti-trans bills in the Texas legislature. You and I both know from working with youth some of the ways that these bills and bills like these harm kiddos, mental health being a huge factor. We know that LGBT youth have worse mental health than their non-LGBT peers. 70% of them disclose that they have poor mental health. About three quarters, 75% report symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder, and they have higher rates of self-harm and suicide attempts. Yeah, and unfortunately, there aren't always resources to address their mental health concerns, right? 48% of LGBTQ youth reported they wanted counseling from a mental health professional, but were unable to receive it. Thankfully, there are ways to help youth, though, if mental health services are not available. LGBTQ youth that can use their chosen name in some contexts, be that at school or at home or at work or with friends, uh, experience 71% fewer symptoms of severe depression. They experience a 
decrease in reported thoughts of suicide and even a 65% decrease in suicidal attempts. Which, which is, is huge. Yes, <laughs> that's huge. And it can yeah. be, you said, in any context. Um, yes. In any context, school, home, work, with friends. Such a small change of using your chosen name can have such a big impact on the youth. So since it's just one context, as a human that knows a trans or LGBT youth, you can be that one context. Absolutely. Even if... For example, my clients, if I'm the only one that knows that they're out, that can be helpful. Obviously, though, one person doesn't fix everything, right? Yeah, of course. Trans youth, even with that one context, still report not feeling physically safe at school at much lower rates than their non-trans peers. They're also more likely to experience sexual assault especially when their school restricts their bathroom and locker access at an increased rate of 36%. Yeah, so it's important to not be afraid to talk to the trans youth, you know, about these subjects. Chances are unfortunately high that they or another trans peer have experienced sexual violence and may need a supportive, safe adult to turn to. And we're hoping that this episode gives you a little bit more skills to be that that safe adult for youth to turn to. Um, another way that anti-trans sentiment harms youth is when anti-trans threats and actions halt programming and services for youth. For example, because of an accusation from Attorney General Ken Paxton of, quote, his words, potentially illegal, end quote, medical treatment of trans youth, all of the physicians that staffed the Dell Children's Clinic in Austin were let go. While they are restaffing, in the meantime, medical care was completely missed or referred elsewhere for youth, trans and cisgendered, ultimately providing worse health care for all of those youth patients. And what's unfortunate is that the studies show that gender-affirming care, such as medical transitioning, and respecting chosen names and pronouns are life-saving care for youth. It's confusing that adults protecting their child's life with this affirming care are called unsafe and are punished for providing the absolute necessary care this child needs. So what we're seeing is, you know, parents or caregivers that are trying to help their kiddos that are doing everything in their power to help them feel supportive and supported and understood and loved. And then other adults are saying that that is actually dangerous for the kiddo. So essentially child abuse. So which kind of leads me to the next topic in that another way that this all manifests is in reports to the Department of Family and Child Protective Services, CPS, DFPS, right? Governor Abbott issued an advisory for CPS to investigate all trans youth as potential child abuse cases. A judge has put a halt to these investigations for families seeking legal action. But the halt only applies for those families seeking legal action. Or if the families are members of PFLAG, parents and friends of lesbians 
and gays. Many mandatory reporters are, may still be calling in, outing children, putting families at risk, and associating ger- gender-affirming families with child abuse. Yeah. All three of those consequences are incredibly painful for me. Outing children against their will, putting families at risk. But for some reason, I feel especially uh, upset about associating gender-affirming care and gender-affirming families with child abuse. Um, I think because it's like a cultural shift that happens more so than Mm -hmm. individuals, um, which is a lot harder to undo. But there's a lot of bills and ideas equating queerness or the LGBT community with child abuse in Texas. Right now we have that, we have bills equating drag performance with grooming. Since you have experience with psychoeducation, I would love to use your expertise to clarify what grooming actually is. Absolutely. So grooming is a process where um, a perpetrating individual creates a sense of trust with both the kiddo and the caregiver and then prepares or conditions the kiddo to accept the abuse. It requires a closeness to both the kiddo and the caregiver's It usually happens over a length of time. At least in my experience, it has usually been step-parents or parents' romantic partners, family friends, members of their church community, or other youth, someone who you would trust your child with unsupervised. You're not likely to trust a complete stranger to look after your child. And most drag performers would be complete strangers to you. Yeah, a couple of drag performances or story time hours doesn't really give the same trusting access to a child as a babysitter, family friend, or live-in romantic partner. Exactly. What drag performances do for youth is normalize to your child people expressing their gender in a different way than we're used to seeing. There's something in the LGBT community called gender expansiveness. It's for folks whose gender identity or expression expands beyond the cultural or social expectations of gender. Um, And when I think about that, I think of a lot of things, small and big. I think of women who broke their cultural traditions to wear pants outside of their home. Um, And I think of how some trans people experience gender as this fun, ethereal thing that they get to physically play with and create with. Drag is a historic part of that exploration. It's like a playground for gender where instead of monkey bars and slides, we have makeup, facial hair, wigs, and clothes. Drag can be really great for children to experience as it affirms that they can experiment and express gender in ways that feel more honest to themselves and that are associated with less tangible or familiar ideas. Maybe a young boy likes sequins and lipstick because it makes them feel bold and powerful because a cheerleader that they saw on TV was bold and was wearing sequins. Drag brings like a little bit of gender chaos into that sensation of feeling bold and inspired and creates permission to act on it. Um, That it's now more okay for that boy to wear sequins because 
the only person up until that moment that they saw wearing sequins were cis women, which they, they maybe knew that they weren't. That can help them feel empowered to explore those feelings of boldness and bravery or whatever emotion they felt associated with whatever that little fabric of gender. Absolutely. And it's it's almost like sometimes in Halloween we can dress up how we want instead of how we are. And then that's kind of what drag is for some people, right? It's an expression of ourselves that we may not feel comfortable doing casually every day. Those dress-up opportunities can be so affirming for youth to express their own gender. Yes. And there's so many ways to affirm and create spaces for LGBT youth. We're very lucky the Trevor Project, whom we've linked in the description to this episode, has a great resources of what LGBT youth themselves said was affirming for them. We wanted to touch on these to help get you to help get your brain flowing for the LGBT youth in your life. Some of the things that they listed was art, writing, and other creative expression. Something like whether it's reading or watching anime, reading in general, and escaping through fiction like movies, shows, and, you know, other media like that. Um, Having a sense of community, either through chosen family, online, in other LGBT youth and adults, and in having LGBT partners or affirming partners. Absolutely. Seeing pride in others and adults and rainbows around town, feeling invited and celebrated instead of just maybe tolerated. And one of the more difficult things to achieve sometimes is moving away from unsupportive conditions. And we know that sometimes that has to wait to happen until the youth is 18. Sometimes it's able to happen at a younger age, but it still can be a really essential part of affirming their identity and creating safety for them. Um, But overall, the best thing you can do to affirm youth in your life is to talk to the to those LGBT youth in your life about where they find joy and strength and then support them in having access to those outlets. Absolutely. And it's, like you said, super important to have open communication between the youth and the adults in their life to have further conversations that are needed about support because these are just ever-evolving needs. And also, they're so young, they're really learning how to explore what feels good for them and self-advocate. Um, and it's just, a, it's just experimentation for them. Other ways, other ways you can help youth feel safe is to make, in case of emergency plans, um, for if something bad ever does happen, they know that at least you're a good person to turn to um, at worst case scenario and at best case scenario they already have a solid plan of how to advocate for themselves and and help them get out of a bad situation another one is um you can join the p flag or check out the resources in the description and that brings us to the end of our episode until next time speak up speak out and be outspoken